Welcome back to the morning grind here at rotogrinders.com. Once again, this is Dean filling in for Stevie. Stevie is busy uh, working, knocking out his uh, NASCAR content. If you guys want his NASCAR content, of course, you know where to find that on rotogrinders.com. Today, we're doing a little bit of something special. Uh, we, somebody's having it here in the DFS world, and we're going to learn all about them. We're going to bring in Gio Demers. You might know Gio better as RBX88 on DraftKings. Uh, we're going to talk about the heater in just a second. Gio, what's going on, dude? Hey, hey, Dean. Uh, no, no, I'm just, I'm still in a little shock. Uh, took me a few days. My adrenaline started to come down after the second day because <laughs> I couldn't believe I did it again. Um, but yeah, everything's been pretty good. Uh, just hanging out at home. <laughs> yeah, let's run it down. Okay, you're talking about, uh, you've been just crushing the Million Makers of late. December 15th, you won a million dollars in the NFL Million Maker. Uh, December 29th, you finished second. What happened? Just second in December 29th? You had a rough <laughs> yeah. day, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I was actually drawn dead on that one. Uh, I think, was that the, uh, was that, um, I forget which one was that. Uh, no, it was the one after that, I'm pretty sure. I needed a uh, 30-yard pass from, Chris, uh, from Kyle Murray to Christian Kirk to win it, and he didn't get it. Ah, well, you know, some guys have all the luck. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> So, yeah, you won first uh, December 15th as far as the NFL Million Maker this past season. Uh, two weeks later, you finished second. And then January 11th, two weeks later, again, if the math is correct, uh, you finished second as well. That's right. Yeah, and then we uh, you're talking about your referencing. You're still kind of coming down. Uh, well, let's see. The MMA Million Maker, June 6th, you finished sixth. You didn't finish in the top five. Not even on the podium. But uh, <laughs> most recently, uh, I guess the NFL is just not your specialty necessarily. You're all over the place. You specialize in different uh, sports. June 14th, you were first in the PGA Million Maker. So that's two Million Makers uh, in the last six months or so, two seconds as well. You got a sixth in MMA as well. So um, do you believe in heaters? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. I, I play poker for a living. So um, I only got into DFS maybe about three years ago, and I just did a lot of research. You know, I got the programs that I needed. I messed with a bunch of different programs, and uh, – you know, figured it out and just did like reading and kind of like figured it out my own way with a little help from a few friends. And uh, it's, it's working out. So I was going to keep doing that. Usually when sports are going on, I don't play much poker, but during the quarantine, obviously there's not much sports going on. So um, I just been playing poker a lot. And now that golf's back, I'm decided to do some golf. I never really did golf up until, you know, probably like, I did it maybe a few tournaments last year, but I just started doing golf. There's, not, there's no other sports, so I might as well, you know, give it a shot. Yeah, and you might as well win a million bucks playing golf, too. Uh, so that's good times as it's well. That e- it's that easy. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. I don't know. Yeah, there's one coming up this week. I'm, I'm assuming you're playing this week. You're going to fire 150? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I maxed that out and I uh, a few other like single entries and stuff, and then I, I maxed out FanDuel, too. Yeah. Okay. So you said you come from the poker world. Oh, he just doesn't, doesn't, isn't the poker world like, uh, t- correct me if I'm wrong. It's math. It's all math based, right? I'm not a poker expertise and you know, I, I play um, it. I, dabbled. I, I don't go so much on math. I actually, my DFS game is kind of, I kind of like copied it from poker. I'm, I usually go by like field play. Like I just go in the space of the situation and kind of, you know, feel around the, you know, different players and stuff. And then, and then DFS, you know, I, I feel who's, the right guy for that week. You know, sometimes I don't even go by projections. I just go by, look, look for um, pivots and, or, uh, you know, I go uh, X the chalk. Um, 
it depends on the matchup, depends on the weather, depends what they have, if they've been practicing that week. So there's a lot of factors in and variables of what goes into my thought process every week. Yeah. So before taking on these moneymakers, you were, I guess you still are, you're a poker pro. Yeah. Yeah. I still play poker for a living. Yeah. What do you play? You, uh, I mean, are you, have you had million dollar tournaments as well too, or you're kind of a lower um, stakes guy or a grinder I, or what? I used to play tournaments for a living. I got 20th in the World Series of Poker main event in 2011. Nice. Um, and I did two year tournaments, but I play like high high stakes peel, pot living in Omaha now. So that's like kind of my expertise. Um, usually a, a lot of people still play no limit, but I just play pot living in Omaha and just cash games. I don't play any tournaments anymore. Very you, don't like, uh, you don't like high-low Omaha? Uh I, I dabble in it, but I just like pot living Omaha. I've been playing pot living Omaha since I was, you know, 18, 19 years old. Yeah. Uh, you said 2011. I can't I can't tell how old you are. We have video of this. So we're, we're on YouTube right now. Of course, you guys are hearing us in the audio stream as well for the podcast. I can't tell if you're like 27 or if you're like 33. <laughs> yeah, the, it's, it, the beard is throwing me off. Yeah, I'm, 30, I'm, I'm 32. Okay, a little bit. There you go. Yeah, yeah that yeah. works. <laughs> And you're still playing poker, obviously. You're playing poker as is these days. And the- yes, yes. I still play about probably five, six days a week. I still play. And how you play poker, you've adjusted that. You've kind of applied that strategy as far as how you play DFS and build lineups? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like with my construction and everything. I, over, it took me like the first year I didn't do too, too well in fantasy, but it took me about like a year or so to kind of figure out like how to construct your lineups properly and – um, the, you know, the, uh, models and projections, they all really help and how you can like group players together and run people back and kind of f- make all these kind of filters to like how you want it. And then you kind of, then I just kind of feel on who I want to take that week. And I just kind of, uh, you know, pound them. Like when I, when I got one, the NFL, uh, Millie maker, um, I told my friend, I was like, I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm bombing it on Kenyon Drake. I like had a good feeling about it. And I took like 35% of them that week. And he was like 4% or 3% that week. And um, yeah, just, just cause I'm more, I'm like really a field player, more feel than like by the projections, but I still let the models and stuff, you know, generate my lineups and stuff with my, um my own adjustments. Yeah, I mean, the running joke, of course, amongst people on Twitter is like, you make 150 lineups, you have every combination, how could you lose? Obviously, that's not true. Uh, <laughs> you know, math says otherwise, but uh, right. if everybody can do that, everybody would do that. But of course, that, that's just not possible. Uh, um, so you, you planted your flag on a guy like Drake. Is that something you have to, you know, a really confined player pool, like, a, you know, some core plays you want to focus on? How do you go about making those 150 lineups? Um, well, I usually do like, I try not to pick no more than like four quarterbacks a week. I try, I try to stick within four and five because, you know, sometimes you have to take stands off like the chalk and I like to like sometimes take the cheaper quarterbacks and then pay up elsewhere. And it depends um, on the players too, who's getting the most targets, who like some players I'll do lineups with like, okay, with Mahomes I'll do Hill and Kelsey and some lineups I'll do Mahomes to Kelsey or, Damien Williams it, um, I'll just have like a different combination and sometimes for some certain games I won't run it back like if there's a team where the quarterback distributes it through like a ton of players I won't really run it back too much because it's too hard to choose who's going to pop on um, when there's one of these like targeting you know four or five players 
going to get to that first million maker win in just a second. You had in December, uh, December 15th, but uh, take me through like you, the first year, first two years of kind of figuring it out. Uh, obviously you've had some huge success lately. Uh, you scuffled out the block. Like what, what were you doing that was wrong that you figured out later that like, Hey, maybe I'm just not going about this correctly. Um, I think I was playing too much chalk. Um, and I wasn't like stacking. I was like doing a quarterback with like one receiver and then running it back. And then sometimes not running it back, you know, just, you know, um, amateur, I think moves um, that I really didn't know that I had to figure out. And I, when I would look at all the really good players and I would see the winning lineups, like, oh, okay, look, this is how they're playing. And this is how it seems like you're supposed to do it. So that's what I started to do and just kind of, you know, figured it out from there and, you know, watch videos and stuff uh, on YouTube, Roto Grinders, you know, just, just reading. Embracing correlation, I guess, is a big thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, basically, you know, not nothing, no reverse correlation. That's what kind of like messes you up. For instance, like a quarterback that um, doesn't throw to his running back, it just hands it off. Like people would pair him with that running back. It's just not a good play. All right. So take me through the, the first win. Uh, are you somebody who likes to sweat your lineups? Are you just kind of like you make your lineup, set it and forget it and just go about your day? You play poker. Oh, no. <laughs> on, How does I'm this on, go? I'm on red zone all day. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I watch, I watch red zone. I watch my lineups, see if I have to make any adjustments uh, throughout the day. If I have like a, like three or four lineups that have sweats and with the same players, you know, I try to, you know, change my players around and, uh, and uh, um, I was going to say. Well, like take me that thought process because that, that obviously matters. And you sort of figure out, you can kind of figure out who's ahead of you, who's behind you. Right, right, you right. Need. I'll yeah. take like a high variance play on like a lineup that um, uh, that's not as high. Like say if I have like a lineup with like 260 points or like 220 points, and I have a lineup that has 210, 210 fantasy point lineup. I'll just take a higher variance player and try to swap out. And then I'll, I'll do that. That's what I did with um, – I don't think I did that with the Millionaire Maker, though. Um, with the second place, I did it, though. And the other one – this other second place, I did it, too. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much uh, – uh, what did you want to talk about with the uh, Millionaire Maker? Well, yeah, well just th- uh, as far as your actual uh, – do you remember the moment? You remember watching it? Were you chasing? Were you in front? And kind of, you had to, like, kind of knock people off, and hopefully nobody catches you? Oh, uh, it, was actually, it was actually crazy because I needed, like – everything perfect to happen because <laughs> Chris Conley had zero fantasy points going into the fourth quarter <laughs> and he wind up getting two touchdowns. And I think he got the hundred yard bonus. I can't remember. And he could, I think he might've because he ended up with like 20 fantasy points, 21 fantasy points. And so that was a big, big turnaround. I just shot up the leaderboard when that happened. And then obviously having Drake obviously really helped and um, having the correct D you know, the solid 13 points from Green Bay really helped too. And then I guess the big turnaround was when Higby just absolutely popped when he was massive chalk. Like he got like, I don't know, he got like maybe like 15 targets or like 15 catches. It was really insane. Everything kind of worked out perfect. <laughs> Obviously it has to in like these millionaire makers. Um, basically what happened in the Rams game is – I think C.J. Anderson got a first down, and the game was already over, I'm pretty sure. And they uh, they would have just, um, uh, I think, because they would have turned it on downs, I think, if they didn't get the – they just went for it in fourth down. And they got the fourth down, 
and they just wanted to run the clock out, and they just kept throwing to Higby, and he kept getting all these extra catches and, you know, garbage points, and I literally won by, like, 0.16 points. <laughs> well, what's the sweat like for stack corrections? Oh, like you I, keep refreshing I, and like finalizes, finalizes. <laughs> I was sweating for a little. I had to leave my computer for about two hours <laughs> until the stack correction. I'm like, I was telling my friend, I was like, dude, I hope this is right. I hope there's no stack corrections. And he was like looking for me and it's like, dude, it looks all right. I just looked at all of them. So I was pretty confident that, you know, I had it in the bag. Yeah, I just pulled up the box score here for Higby, the game you're talking about, December 15th at the Cowboys. Like you said, they got ravaged. They lost 44 to 21, but who cares? Right, right. All those garbage time catches, 12 catches, 111 yards. Uh, got, of course, that 100 yard bonus as well, too. So he absolutely smashed. Uh, and he was chalk, too. So that, sometimes the chalk is good. Sometimes the chalk's chalk for a reason. And yeah, I guess it, it was good chalk that day for Higby. Right, right. And that's the, the difference, too. Um, you know, uh, trying to rule out the good chalk and the bad chalk. That's really key, I think, in uh, DFS. Like, is there a good rule of thumb in that, or it's just case by uh, case, game by game? Um, yeah, I think there's, uh, um, like, say if, like, a, uh, a team is playing, like, uh, a bad defense and it's all chalk, um, it's, that's, I think that's kind of, you know, bad chalk because any kind of defense can kind of show up one day. So everyone like when the you don't get no leverage on the field when you're when a quarterback is like 15, 20%, you know, you'd have to take 40 to 60% of that quarterback when you can find like a lower owned guy and take probably like six or seven X of him. Two weeks later, you finished second in the million maker. I mean, you know, been there, done that. So was second disappointing. Of course, Matt says that's still really, really impressive. What's second? hundred K, 200 K? hundred K. Oh, there's also something I wanted to say about the million maker that I won. So the, the craziest part is I made 150 lineups and, and then right before, right before lock, it was like 1250. My friends like, dude, I think we should play Winston. And I'm like, you know what? I think, I, I, I think we got to throw in some Winston. So I generated all my lineups and I handmade five lineups and just put in my favorite plays. Oh, <laughs> so the, the winning lineup was a handmade lineup. It was It was. Yes. What was it about Winston that week? I don't remember who they played against. I have no idea. Um, I forget who they played, but um, Evans was out and Perriman was really going to be really low. And so I just stacked that team up and I didn't like the running back. So I just stacked them and then stacked Godwin and Perriman. I'm like, I forget how many, I think I did like five lineups. So I just stacked them and then kind of put in like the good chalk. And then, you know, Drake was my favorite play. And then, and then uh, just find some like flyers like Conley and I got Green Bay. I just chose Green Bay D. I uh, just pulled up the box score. Actually, they won thirty-eight to seventeen at Detroit. At Detroit in the dome, uh, twenty-eight completions out of forty-two attempts, four hundred and fifty-eight passing yards, four tutties, and uh, just one interception, which is good for Winston. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a really good game. Uh, Godwin actually got hurt. He didn't even play the second half. I, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I was kind of a little nervous because I was like, ah, oh, it's 21 points from an 8K player going to hold, you know? Yeah. Not yeah. Really like, I guess it, it works for you. It held up. Uh, second place uh, two weeks later in the Million Maker, which is completely insane that you keep on going this run. Uh, and then, of course, you finish second again two weeks after that on January 11th. So yeah. from December 15th to January 11th, you had a first place and two second places in the Million Maker. What do you remember about those uh, two second places? Uh, if you can, uh, can you re- uh, refresh my memory about the second place? Um, I forget what um, who was in that who was in that lineup. 
I don't uh, have the line up in front of me. Oh, I just okay. have like the actual, yeah. Just oh, like, okay. Uh, well, I had a bunch of guys who, uh, I had a bunch of solid um, lineups with a lot of guys, a lot of low guys that went off. So I just kind of chose like um, for the late games, the, the 4 PMs, I just kind of chose a different quarterback um, and just kind of paired them. I just kind of get like kind of leverage on the field. Cause I think I forget, I forget, I really forget who was going to play, but I wanted to take a lower on quarterback and that can pop. And it was, Oh, it was Kyler Murray versus the maybe 49ers. I think I don't, I don't remember, but I saw, I, I plugged, I took out the quarterback that I had and I put in uh, Kyler Murray to uh, Christian Kirk and uh, Murray did pretty well, I think, uh, but I just didn't get enough from Christian Kirk. I'm pulling it up on the fly if you can get there fast enough. Oh, this must have been, uh, let's see, was this week 17? Is this, uh, does that sound familiar I, Yeah, it sounds familiar. Uh, yeah, week 17, let's see, Arizona. Uh, let's see if we can get the – yeah, they, they played against the Rams. I'm, I'm not sure if that sounds familiar. Oh, the, yes, yeah, the Rams. Okay, it was the Rams. I remember now. 31-24, they lost. 31-24 in a bit of a shootout there against the Rams. Yeah, yeah, um, they should have won that game too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, so talk about that as far as like, in, you know, general strategy, like some people don't even understand that concept of like, you know, depending on how things are going in the one o'clock games, how you adjust your lineups to your remaining players in the four o'clock games. Um, it just really depends on who, like, it depends like what I'm feeling really. Um, uh, the, are like, at that, at that time, the Rams D is banged up and they're like really overrated. So I think, you know, Kyler Murray can do well versus them. And I don't remember the other quarterbacks that were going, but he was the one that stood out to me the much that I, I could uh, have a better shot at winning it than with like a, like a chalkier quarterback for the, the late games. So it really all depends what lineups I got going and like how well they're doing. And then if I have like two or three, I'll change up the quarterbacks and sometimes I'll just leave it. Yeah, and you got to love the upside of quarterbacks with the legs as well, too. Or if you're, exactly. You're like, yeah. You can put, like, two, two touchdowns, you know, in the end zone just on their – by rushing it in. That's uh, for sure right. an advantage they have that many other quarterbacks just can't get there. Plus the 100-yard bonus if they are if they get it. Yeah. Rushing, so, which, which is Murray, right. Beautiful. It's beautiful yeah. to make that work. Uh, but you won the million dollars, and the, uh, you won the million dollars on December 15th. Was there any sort of extravagant purchase? Did you buy jerseys of any sort? Did you uh, sports or anything? I didn't buy anything. I just bought a. <laughs> I just bought a car. Um, I, I I'm in really into cars, so I, I just yeah. bought it. I just bought a new SUV. That's pretty much it. There you go. <laughs> I did just, just. I did just buy a house. Okay. Um, I did just buy a house, and then a week later, I win the PGA. <laughs> That's beautiful. There you go. Now you got your, uh, I don't know, your down payment, your mortgage, and you can pay the whole thing off potentially. I suppose. I, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know how big your house is, but uh. it's it's it's. Uh, I'm not too fancy. It's just a, just a regular, medium sized house. Nothing, nothing big. What state are you in? New Jersey. Nice. Is that born and raised? Yeah, yeah. I was born and raised in New Jersey. Are you a Giants fan? How does that work? Jets, Giants? Uh, it's funny. I'm really like, I really don't have a team. I just, I just like to follow it. Um, I, but I guess the, I guess I'll be cheering on the Giants. I do like Daniel Jones. You know, he, he's definitely, definitely a good, um, good quarterback for that uh, franchise. I guess it's kind of good though, as a DFS player, as a fantasy player in general, to not have to like have that head versus heart conversation. Like I don't yeah, have a yeah. favorite team either. Yeah. yeah, the yeah. Best, play the best place and don't worry about right, like, who right, you're right. Exactly. <laughs> emotionally rooting for uh, you finished six in an MMA only maker uh, just a couple weeks ago as well. Do you do you know much about MMA, or are you sort of like 
you know, looked at some content and like, um, kind of make some decisions based upon and talk to some people or what? I have a lot of friends who do it. Uh, I just like to, I was just so bored with nothing else. I just had to play. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, um, just did a little research. I, I, a big thing I like to do in that too is look at the odds and see like some lines are a little fishy and then I, don't, then I like to stay away from them in DFS. Um, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but I just look at the odds and then decide who I'll take after that. And obviously the projections and the model comes into a big part. Um, and then people like make a lot of mistakes in MMA too. A lot of players will put the same fighter in the, in the same lineup and the same, the same two fighters in the same fight in the same lineup, which is obviously the wrong play to do. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was, I, I knew I couldn't, well, the thing is I, it was the last fight and Nunez was fighting, but I couldn't see if anyone had me um, pinned and st- they did have me pinned. And that, that, that's why I got six. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you can't win every million maker. It's, no matter how hard you try, I suppose. Uh, and I, I'm a bit of an MMA novice as myself too. And I'm just kind of dabbling in it now. And right. uh, yeah, that, that's sort of, I think uh, if it's the main event, you can stack the, I guess for cash, some people stack the, you know, and I, you're not talking cash, obviously you're going for the top, especially in a million maker where the right. contest is, uh, what is it, like 40% up top, 2.5 million as far as the price. Uh, yeah. Was. yeah. It's just the only thing that's kind of crappy about the MMA is that you have to be perfect in MMA. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't have any slip ups. And it chops a lot um, uh, in, like, the smaller cards. The main cards are not too big. Maybe you can get, like, a three-way or four-way chop. But the, the smaller cards definitely chop a lot of the time. The nuts just, is basically going to win every time. It's just the yes, point yes. you're chopping it with. Yeah, yeah, like, not in golf where you can kind of make up for another position. Um, you have to be accurate in golf, but you can make it up for somewhere else um, other than MMA. You have to kind of be perfect. So talk to me about this golf Millie maker. Uh, are you just bored again and you're just going to fire at golf just because? Uh... Uh, yeah, I did a little research. <laughs> I, um, it's funny because my, my friggin' core didn't even go off. I just had that one off. And uh, I, I just got, obviously, I went into the third day and I was telling my friend, I was like, dude, if Jason uh, Cockrack, uh, Cockrack, what is his last name? I don't know, man. I'm not a golf fan. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I've heard Jason Day, but that's probably, you're probably thinking of a different guy. No, no, it's Jason Cockrack. He was like 1%. Okay. Um, he was in my lineup. And uh, I, like, I don't know much about golf, honestly, besides that. <laughs> I just go by the projections and kind of go by what I'm feeling, you know. And uh, so – he was in the third day and he needed to go off. If he went off, I knew he had a shot and he wound up shooting like minus six. So, and then I just shot to the top at one point I was in first place with like four holes left by like 20 something points. So I knew I had a really good shot at it. And then at towards the end, my guys start to fall apart. And I was like, Oh my God, are you kidding me right now? I'm So, Basically, what saved me is Xander choked really bad, and then he needed par on the 18th to get the five uh, the five point bonus, and he wound up uh, he wound up getting it. So, and he he um he his first shot was really bad, and I was like, he's just gonna rip it, and it's, he's gonna throw it right into the water. And luckily, he found his brain and just hit it right onto the green and got par, and I got my points. 
Yeah, I, I was trying to follow this conversation here in the RG forums. They were talking about this, uh, Charles Schwab, and you, you jump in there as well and kind of answer some questions. And they were saying, like, a lot of your lineups were dead. They weren't very good. No, so you, no, you no. You ran on the perfect combination. I think Morikawa was one of the key pieces as well. And you had right. four Morikawas out of 150, and uh, only one of those lineups was good. The rest of them, you know, like three of six or four of six got through as far as uh, – as far as the break, so right, 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 yeah, definitely. Um, that um, I the thing is, I had twelve percent or eleven percent of uh, uh, Jason Kokrak, and that's what I think what really helped me because he was only one percent. So I had like ten x the field on that. And uh, the Xander guy uh, again, I don't know golf very well, wasn't following it, but I did see people like going nuts on Twitter, and I assume you're going nuts as well too. Like, yeah, it was a gimme, like a four footer or like a six footer, basically three footer. The tournament. Okay, three, three footer. footer. I can make a three-footer. Sure. You can make a three-footer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I don't play golf, I probably can make a three-footer. I mean, just think the pressure. That's another yeah. thing that comes to play. The pressure gets to these guys badly. Like, these guys are probably shaking. You know, these like um, guys who never won something so big before. So they're probably really nervous. And there you have it. You know, Kokrak just like birdie after birdie. <laughs> So the moment when you see Xander, I mean, you know, now you're live, you're excited, you're giddy, obviously. And I think it goes to a, uh, it goes to a playoff, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and actually, you- I actually thought I lost because I had, um, I was ahead by like eleven points or something. I was ahead by eight points or nine points. I forget what it was. And what happened was, is Justin, uh, 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 I think Justin Thomas, his name is. Okay. He he uh, bogeyed his last hole, which let Spieth move up a place, which got me an extra two points. Because if he did, if that didn't happen, I would have chopped it. Wow, that's amazing! Also, so, you need every little thing to go your way. Yeah, so I would have chopped it if that. But I was actually I had it locked up after um, the funny because uh, I was doing the uh, I was me and my friend were doing the math and we're like I think you have to hedge on um, uh, Berger. And I was going to, I was going to get the bet in. I didn't get a bet in and I wound up winning anyway when Colin, Colin lost. I thought I lost if Colin uh, didn't win in uh, a, a sudden death or whatever it is. And um, he, so I would have, I would have won an extra, like I was going to put 20,000 on it and uh, on uh, Berger, but it, it turns out I would have just won an extra 20 with winning, winning the tournament too. So I was looking at your average buy-in. Again, this is just as of like the last few months or so, or I guess as of December when you're, you know, RG keeps track of these things when you lock in there. Uh, your right. average buy-in is less than 18 bucks. So you're, basically your buy-ins, as far as I can tell, you're just, are you just mainly playing Millie Makers? You're not playing these massive, uh, you know, single entry contests or, you know, um, 5K or is that, is that since changed? It's got to be adjusted. Uh I'll start playing the bigger stuff. Um, I just never really had interest in playing the bigger binds. I know there's a lot of really good players up there. Yeah. Um, so I really just stick to where I have a better edge with like, um, I play like the 20 maxes, the three maxes too. Um, like during football, I played the 153 max, the $3 20 max. I do all those. Um, Cause it's obviously there's a less edge. There's a, lesser edge for the really good players in the maxes. Yeah, that, they, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, I, I'll dabble in a couple of 500s in here and there, but um, uh, I don't really like, I don't really need to play or have interest in playing the, uh, you know, like these three K's with, you know, maxing out a hundred, uh, whatever, how many lamps, like 80 lamps or whatever it is like risking a hundred thousand. I don't need to do that. You know, I, 
I got poker. I do that. I can, <laughs> I can play completely conservative and, and fine. And I'm happy about it. I'll get, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm bankroll management, you know? <laughs> oh, it's not sexy bankroll management, but that makes, and, and you, you've been playing poker for years. You understand the concepts and you understand. Yeah, of course. Of course. And I know how fast it can go in fantasy. If you start playing that stuff. It can turn the other way, <laughs> no matter, for, for no matter sure. how, how good things are going. Not that we're winning against it, but yeah, of course, uh, these, these things happen. Of course, you know, of there course. are good swings and bad swings. I'm sure you've lived through both throughout oh, your yeah. poker career and oh, yeah. as well. Of course, definitely. Uh, what's next? Well, what, what's next going forward? There's the MMA Million Maker coming up. Uh, I think when they have the first fights on uh, what is it, Fight Island? Is it that's going to be happening? Is it the is it a main card? Or is yeah. it like a big one? Yeah, uh, UFC 251, I think there's like three championship fights. It's going to be the debut, I want to say, of Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. Uh, that's, that's not this weekend, right? That's next no, no, week. no. That's uh, July like 11th or something like that. It's oh, a few okay. weeks down the road. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be maxing that out. I think basketball is supposed to come back, right, at the end of next month possibly? That is the plan. We'll see. I mean, ho- hopefully, yeah, they're still trying to figure out the bubble and all that in Orlando. Uh, but, uh, yeah, tentatively speaking, that's supposed to be happening. Uh, do you dabble in baseball at all? Baseball, again, we're recording this on a Wednesday, and we're not really certain, but it looks promising, but who knows? <laughs> baseball, no, I never did baseball. I just do – I love basketball. I love basketball a lot. I, I won a basketball, too, uh, this this season. Um, uh, that was that was fun. Uh, and I won I, – I, I filled up the lobby the year before that and a basketball one. Um, but basketball is probably my favorite one, favorite sport. But coming up, I guess, I mean, I tried NASCAR. <laughs> it's gambling. I, I like gambling, but, <laughs> dude, you cannot sweat that. It's horrible. Well, they're currently winning. It says currently winning 50000 currently winning $7. Like, what happened? <laughs> yeah, it, it's like golf. It, like, I went from in that tournament, I went from second place to 300th place, back up to second. <laughs> so, I don't know NASCAR. It doesn't really interest me too much. Um uh, just the really golf and MMA, uh, just cause it's a little edge in MMA. I see a lot of guys make that mistake with the same fighter in the same lineup. Yeah. Um, the same two fighters in the same fight in the same lineup. Um, I'm seeing uh, but I just pulled up your RG page and I'm seeing a big score January 9th. Uh, you won a $15 buy-in on DK over 33,000 people. Right. Uh, January 10th, you finished second in that contest as well, I believe. And then yeah. January 14th, you finished, uh, in the 777. You finished third, so uh, that yeah, was yeah. a pretty fun week, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was um, – you know, when it's like poker, you know, you get momentum going, you get confidence, you get good gut feelings about, you know, the good player – the players that you should pivot to or um, uh, uh, take, a, take, a, take a nice shot on some guy that's really going to be low-owned. And if he pops, you're going to have, the you know, the combination there with all the – Basically, if you have the low guy that pops and you have all the – you don't even need, to, like, other low on guys. You just got to have good, solid guys that do their job and get their 5X or 6X, um, and then you can kind of just make up for it for that low on guy. How do you handle making basketball lineups a sport that tends to be a little less variance, a little bit more predictable? Uh, of course, you know, the ownership speaks to that as well. Uh, your general approach as far as making basketball lineups? Um, my general approach is find the players that get the minutes – like they're guaranteed minutes, not no uh, guy that's like sometimes will play 10, then sometimes will play 30. You know, it's just not predictable. So you just want to play the guys that get their minutes, see who the chalk is, and then uh, I usually 
don't really like taking too much chalk in basketball. So I'll just find another guy around that price range and kind of to go up like four or five backs on him. Or like I'll just take the good chalk if a player is out, you know, obviously play them. Um, they're going to get the usage. It's about who's getting the usage when guys are out. That's the thing that's really important. So I, I would just like make a core of like that guy and a few other guys that I have uh, a good feeling about or depending on the matchup or how they've been doing. Um, that comes a big part into how guys are. I, I feel that guys are like kind of rolling and or if a guy hasn't popped in a while, it's a good spot for him to pop. Um, so I just mostly go on those uh, variables when it comes to basketball. Yeah, I mean, minutes equal money unless your name's like P.J. Tucker or something like that, which is always super uh, frustrating. <laughs> me, and my, me, me and my friend make fun of P.J. Tucker. He's like, if you want to win a tournament, don't play P.J. Tucker. <laughs> he's one of those guys that's a better real life, like helps his team out. You know? Yeah, yeah. He's like 0. 0.48 <laughs> fantasy good. points per minute. That's, I mean, that's just terrible. <laughs> Every once in a while, he gets that he gets that three pointer in the corner every once in a while. Every yeah, once in a while, kind of fall into that. But he stands in the corner. That's it. Uh, he, so yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. He's actually only better when like Harden and, and uh, Westbrook were on the floor because he gets the assist to the three pointers. Then if he was just like if guys were out, he just doesn't do anything. He's actually worse to play when guys are out. It is interesting. He doesn't get a usage boost with, with those guys off the off the court. <laughs> yeah. I just like talking about this stuff. I haven't talked about this in you know what seems like months. Yeah, yeah, it gets me all warmed up for basketball. Who's winning? Who's winning the title? You got a winner for me? Uh, for basketball? Yeah, one of the LA um, teams. I bet. I bet the Clippers to win it all. Why the Clippers over the Lakers? And I guess Milwaukee too. I just think the they have the, they're more they have more deeper in the bench on Clippers than the Lakers. Lakers just have you know. Um, just LeBron and and then Davis, and then they have like kind of like a lot of scrubby guys in there. I feel where as they got Montrezl Harrell, you got Lou Williams, you got them on the second unit. I they can be a whole NBA team just them alone. You're, you're not a Rajon Rondo truther, <laughs> not in 2020. Uh, it depends what <laughs> Rajon Rondo you're getting. If you get playoff <laughs> Rajon Rondo, yeah, he can make a run at it. But if you're getting the I don't care one, he's gonna probably do nothing. Yeah, I think I think uh, hopefully we get that series. I'm not really sure if they're matched up or that, that's the way it's going to play out, but that'll that, be a lot that, of fun. That would definitely be fun. But who knows if uh, I heard that if it gets um, it, with this new whole new Florida thing going on, all these spikes that they just might cancel it and start back in October. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's all sort of tentative and speculation, and it's, you know, it's just going to drive you nuts trying to speculate. But uh, hopefully, you know, we can get some basketball and uh, it'll be, you know, uh, what would you what would you say is more addicting to you, basketball or football? Which is which is more what now? Addicting. Oh, from a DFS perspective, I, I love basketball. And yeah, it's, much, it's a much more fun sweat. <laughs> yeah, it's much yeah, more enjoyable. It yes, yes, it is. Basketball is definitely the the crack of DFS. Football is just tilting because like touchdowns, it's dumb. Like the way how many points we give the touchdowns, like a one yard like run by some. I just think it's you know I understand how the scoring works and right. you got to uh, adjust to it. But I I think we over like how is a I don't know, a 55-yard run worth less than a one-yard, you know, touchdown. It's just sort of weird to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's... the rules that somebody made years ago, and we're all sort of abiding by it, and that's that. And some guy can just shatter the whole slate in football, like easily just take a 70-yard bomb and just get all the points at, like, min-price or something. Or two defenses, uh, you know, two defenses score, can, go, can score two touchdowns, and that's that. Yeah, yeah. If, if, like, if a defense scores 25 fantasy points, like, you all don't need them. It doesn't, your, your day's over if you don't have it. 
I guess you can flip it and say, well, what if a basketball game goes in like triple overtime or something? I suppose you, that scenario. You lose. <laughs> there is one. There is one week where I had a really good lineups, and I think it was the Suns. Uh, I forget what team it was. They they went into yeah, I think it was the Suns. They went to triple overtime, and you just stack that game, you win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. Uh, I generally don't make enough lineups where I just stack like every single game. I know some people do that just because. Just it's only better on the. It's only better on the four like the four game slates. Or like the five game slates. Well, why do you think that is? Out of curiosity, because I guess there's more players that are doing like uh, they're hitting their quote unquote value in like seven or ten game slates. Uh, it's just that that and like if one of those games pop, you're gonna need to have that whole game basically. So like if it's a good game, high over under, I'm probably gonna stack it with like five guys or four guys, three from three and two or three and three or two and two. Um, so that way you have that if you st- if you do like fifty lineups and then you have like all those combos, you just fill in the rest and, you know, you're on your way. Going forward, is your wheelhouse going to be a million makers? Or, I mean, I guess you're, you're firing on a, you know, if it's a $600,000 contest, that's still worth your time and worth your attention, I would imagine. Yeah, no, I'll still play all this, everything I can. Like, I'm, like I'm playing a $3.20 max on Thursday. <laughs> like, I'll be playing that. But the bigger, the 500, um, maybe, uh, uh, like, uh, maybe I'll throw in a few in there. But for, like, everything else, uh, I'll just continue to play that. I it, it, I don't. I'm, I really don't need have no interest playing really high high stuff. It doesn't really interest me. Um, I just think that there's a lesser edge in that, and pretty much I think it's just like a ego thing when you play those big giant buy-ins like that. I uh, just stick it to keep it simple, make my lineups, and play the best I can. And the uh, not the the smaller to mid six. So like I'll do five, but I won't do like. 3,000, the 5,000s, and all that stuff when they do have it. Your uh, your RG profile name, Pot Ripper, they were speculating about this in the <laughs> forums. I, I don't know about the history of this name, but apparently this has some history in poker, or is that an anonymous, uh, or is it something yeah. else, or what? So it's just a troll, basically. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, there was a guy back in Ultimate Bet days um, where I always thought about, like, if what if, what if someone was able to see the cards? And actually, then there was a scandal that came out, like, through, a year or two years later and the guy won the tournament and they showed it and he literally saw everybody's cards. And I just looked at his name, pot ripper. And she's like ripping every pot from everybody. And it was just hilarious to me. That's uh, yeah, that's pretty wild. And I, but I think, wasn't there something recently, um, correct me if I'm wrong. There was like, there was at least some speculation or like some heavy accusations. Uh, it was a TV show where this was happening and maybe they did incident information with a producer or a director. Yes. It was the, in the, the I think it was the bike, uh, the bicycle casino. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I do I do not know. Um, but it was a, this Mike Postel um, scandal where everyone thinks he was uh, he had info on what was the winning hand and a bunch of bunch of bull crap. But it, I think it went to court and they they, they tried to sue him, but they lost because. It's all speculative. You there was no really... smoking gun. There was only uh, circumstantial evidence, I guess. You're right, right, right. Like people, only poker players will understand. Like you can't explain that to like a court; they won't understand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, trying to explain to twelve strangers that probably some never played poker before, and how to like what why you would never fold on the, on something is probably exactly. Uh, they can't. They just they just don't, they just don't understand. It's that simple, and that's why you know he's just probably got away with it. What are we doing the rest of the day? Are we playing some potluck in Omaha? Uh. I think so. Um, my friends, co- I've been coaching my friend. Uh, 
a little bit. So he's been coming over and I've been coaching him for um, no limit. Uh, he's new to poker. So he's been doing pretty well. So yeah, I'll play when he usually played, I usually just play like, you know, high stakes, Omaha, whatever stakes I can find. Um, preferably the bigger games, uh, the small stakes don't really interest me too much. I feel like it's a hard game to find. Isn't it a hard game to find or a good, uh, it's a good one? No, you can find it online easily. It's just okay. that they don't run that often. Um, so sometimes I'm getting stuck like five dollar, ten dollar blinds or ten dollar, twenty dollar blinds. But I preferably like to play like twenty five, fifty, or fifty, a hundred. Sure. Dollar blinds. Gio, I, I much appreciate your time. I congratulate you on your success. It's pretty thank awesome. You. I really, you're doing. Thank you. I really appreciate. It. I'll try to you know uh, keep it going. And um, hey, <laughs> you know, uh, that's all I can do. Uh, anything else you want to tell the world anything else you want to tell the people you tell your you know your social media do you have a twitter account uh, i have i have instagram people can add me on instagram i don't have twitter because it got hacked and i never made a new one um so, so you it officially got it wasn't just like a fake got hacked it actually did get hacked like that does happen sometimes it no it got hacked and they changed my profile the, the name of it everything and i was like it was elon musk and with like something name it was, it was so strange my friends like what, what? the hell <laughs> yeah, it was so strange. I'm like, I just deleted it. But I do have Instagram. People can add me on Instagram. Um, it's uh, GD underscore M-E-R-S 88. And that's my uh, my Instagram. Awesome. Well, continued success going forward. Good luck uh, playing your pot in Omaha. Yeah, that was, thank you. Uh, awesome. Uh, that, that was Geo, Geo Demers, right? Demers. Demers, Demers, yep. Geo Demers, I was Dean. This was the Morning Grind. Thanks for listening. We're out of here. Holler.